0: For the past eight years, RDL Construction LLC has been servicing the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland markets, specializing in the installation of exterior and interior metal framing, drywall, acoustical ceilings, doors, and hardware, along with bathroom accessories and FRP. Check them out. Their website is RDL Construction LLC. Today, I have a really special guest that I'm very excited to have on the show. He is the creator and founder of the Reaching Beyond Experience, rooted in assisting others in achieving their highest level of fulfillment in how they connect with others, connect with themselves, and build their careers. After 15 years in corporate America, hitting rock bottom and completely burned out, Kyle left everything to start designing A Life Around Fulfillment. Since 2015, he has spent a season as a stay-at-home dad, finished an Ironman, started his own business, and started a podcast. Now he leverages his story to design destination experiences and coaching offerings to help his clients get the clarity they need to build their definition of a fulfilling life. Kyle Depius, welcome to the show, man.
1: Hey, it's good to be on here. I, I always just my face gets red when people read a bio. You know what I mean? Like it just it just seems weird. But I appreciate it, man. I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm humbled and can't wait to just have a conversation. This is great.
0: Absolutely, man. It's it's been a little while since we we had one. Kyle and I met on the work hard, play hard, ninety day virtual mastermind hosted by Rob and Kim Murgatroyd, and that was uh. I think that was my second mastermind, if I remember correctly, but that one was very, that one was great. I mean, everyone that was on there and I connected with you right away because your, your willingness to just want to help and support every mastermind member. It just, it just really stuck out for me and and I really appreciate that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's why I love masterminds, man. It's, it's all about meeting people, meeting amazing people. And that's why I do them.
0: Yeah. No, it was a great one. And that one was right before COVID hit and. It was before our podcast. I was just thinking about this, and that helped me so much because my wife and I had a business that we just opened up five minutes prior, and and Rob and Kim really helped with my decision making with my wife on it and how to, you know, move that business and or make some you know quick decisions because COVID was there, there was no there was no end in sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a lot of fun though. So I want to just go back to college you're a uh, university of wisconsin green bay and that's the phoenix right yeah the phoenix <laughs> that, is the, that is the phoenix you have a bachelor's degree of business administration and management
1: yeah I, man i had no idea what i wanted to do and it just felt like getting a business degree would be like a massive cast of, a huge net and maybe i'll catch something maybe not but I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was 18 years old. I mean, come on. So, yeah, that was it. And Green Bay, where I grew up, that was just an hour, 15 minute drive straight north from my hometown. So I'm like, well, this feels kind of, it feels kind of like I'm growing my own wings, but I'm kind of close to home, you know. So, and I had a girlfriend back at home. So, like, do you? I mean, my decision making process to go where I went and to get a degree was not very sophisticated. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I can relate to that. So you became a financial analyst, senior business analyst. You did that for a number of years. You were you were a forecast expert, e-commerce director, director of revenue development. So uh, you were in the finance world basically.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I like how, numbers.
0: How was your your experience with those uh, you know businesses and employers? Well, I started. When I graduated UW Green Bay, three or four days
1: later, I had back surgery. And so I was kind of, well, I had a lot of friends that were taking the summer off or going to travel Europe or, you know, jumping right into the workforce. I was laying on my back for several weeks. So, and then, I mean, this is how old I am, man. I found a job posting in the newspaper and I responded to that. And and I got into travel wholesale because I love to travel. So I'm like, well, this is an area I really enjoy. I'm just going to go ahead and, and jump in and we'll, we'll see what happens. And I did it for a few years and I traveled a lot. I loved it, man. I was leading, I was leading groups of travel agents. This makes sense based on what I what you know, what I do now. I was leading groups of travel agents to Mexico so that they could visit and tour hotels so that they could better sell trips and stuff like that. I was 22 years old and I was doing that and most Uh, not most, a lot of travel agents are female. And a lot of them were twice my age, maybe, you know, two and a half times my age. So here I am running around as a 22 year old leading these groups of women on (laughs) trips down (laughs) to Cancun. And like, it was a disaster. So I did that, you know, I enjoyed it, but I kind of, that was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I kind of got the itch to go to a bigger city. So I left Milwaukee in 2005 and I went to Minneapolis and I worked for uh, Target headquarters, And I really got into the corporate culture of climb the corporate ladder, right? You know, every 18 months, 24 months, you should be getting a new title, a new position. And so that was imprinted into my brain and psyche. And I was playing the game, you know, climbing the ladder, first one in, last one to leave, a volunteer for every single job that that I could because I want to be a a team player because I want to get promoted. And, um, you know, fast forward a little bit. I went to Carlson Residor Hotel Group, who owns Radisson and Country and Suites. And then I was slinging video games for a video game distributor. And I don't even play video games. But that just shows you I got caught up in I want the title, I want the money, and I want all the things that that allows me to buy that I got so lost that I'm slinging video games and I don't I know nothing about it. I don't enjoy it. And I didn't care because I wanted the title. So then when I burned out, I'm like, I don't even know what I want to do. I got so lost over the course of 12 years trying to climb this corporate ladder. And I get a good title. I've got a good paycheck. And it sucked. It was so lonely. I was so confused. and I was so lost. So that's kind of been my professional journey, at least as it relates to corporate America. So, um, you know, from there, it's been a different
0: journey. But that's kind of the past. Now, as far as the rock bottom piece, like what was the time frame and what caused the rock bottom as, as you termed it? Well,
1: I'm working for a video game distributor at this point, and it's an
0: extremely toxic
1: work culture. So anyone who's listening and is leading people, teams, businesses, organizations, is really important. I would go to a sales meeting because I was in sales and we all sat at the big conference room and the head of the, the company, the leader of the organization would sit on the, the end and we'd have to go around the table and, you know, report how our sales are doing in the month compared to budget forecast. And uh, that's not abnormal. That but when it would come across my way, I, I would just start sweating because I knew what would happen. He, he would always say, you know, for those of you who aren't hitting your sales numbers in the next month, I'm bringing in subway applications for you because I'm firing you and you can go work there. And I was like, whoa. You know, that, that was the work culture. It was completely led by fear and intimidation. And that works for some people, but it only works in the short term. And in the long term, I got so sick of that. And there too, um, I'm the first one in the office, last one to leave. At this point, I'm married. Thankfully, I didn't. we didn't have a, our son, Cal, at that point because I wouldn't have seen him much. And rock bottom looked like every morning I'm hitting snooze three, four, five times until the last possible second to leave the house, run out the house, grab an extra large cup of coffee, speed into work and get there just in the nick of time before before the first meeting. And you can imagine doing that day after day after day and burnout in your professional life spills over and affects every category of life. I wasn't treating myself and my body very well, was extremely unhealthy mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all drained. relationally, really struggling in all relationships of life. But from the outside in, you're looking at someone who's got a great title, making good money, and it wouldn't appear that way. But this is so common in corporate America. And that's kind of the story of it. And I sat there and I'm like, I know I don't want to be here, but I have no idea what I want to do because I spent 12 years getting to this point, And I, I thought it would be different. And now I'm lost and I don't know what to do.
0: So that's kind of what burnout looked like. Got it. It's got to be so common. Do you have any type of percentages or any data? Like, you know, how many people, I I guess that's almost impossible to really, who's going to tell the truth really, but. Well, there's plenty of research out there
1: and I might get this wrong. So don't quote me, but directionally, this is accurate. Seven or eight out of 10 people, when they wake up, they just, they do not look forward to going to work. Got it. And you know, you get like on Sunday nights. Our mutual friend Rob Mergsfried talks about this too. Like on Sunday night, I would just get sick to my stomach thinking about I gotta go into work on Monday. And then we hold our breath until Friday afternoon, and then we exhale, and it looks like a couple bottles of wine, maybe some whiskey and bourbon, and oh, you overeat and indulge on food. And a lot of people are living that life, and I was too. Uh, and it's the rat race, man. It's 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 very
0: common. Yeah. Yep. no, I remember it pretty well. So we, we have something similar in common. You ran into some uh during the crash of uh 08, right? What's the story on what happened there? Cuz I we, we talked about it during the uh mastermind, where, you know, where I had some real estate that again, you know, the crash where we all know what happens and I'm no my, my I'm no longer in real estate, you know, because of that. Can you talk a little bit about what what happened there? Yeah, around that time
1: I'm working at Target. And, um, it's really important. And this, this is very much a testimony for, you know, who you hang out with, who you're influenced by, who you're spending your time with, because that leaves an impression on you. And I was taking in a lot of input from, you know, people, financial experts, quote unquote. And, uh, they were talking about a lot of doomsday predictions and and all this stuff. And, and I took all that and I basically, I cashed out, um, all of my 401k uh, and for anyone who knows, or you don't, you know, you don't know, you pay the, you pay a penalty on it and you pay your income tax. And so I'm almost left with half of it. This is a good way for, of taking a hundred thousand dollars and turning it into $50,000 overnight. I was really, I was really good at that at this point <laughs> in my life. <space. laughs> so I'm listening to everyone who's like, you got to get out of my, like all this stuff, the the world is is crashing. And, and um, I, I wasn't listening to the right people and I made a lot of financial mistakes but I never really learned the lesson from it then. It took me a while later to learn that lesson. And then, you know, my wife and I just really cleaned up our financial situation. And, you know, we got ourselves on the Dave Ramsey show and, and did the whole thing and we did that stuff. So, but yeah, it's, it's the, the lesson there is truly who you spend your time with and, and where you're taking input in it leaves a really big impression on you and you really have to be careful who and what you're listening to.
0: Yeah. And you you had significant debt that you got out of and what was it 3 years? It it was something really impressive. It was a shy under $380,000 in 38 months. 38 yeah. months. Yeah. So so it's so doable but you just have to change your habits, right? I mean what 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 were the significant changes that you made to change that around, to move to move that? Well,
1: I think that my wife and I got really clear on what we wanted our life to look like. The vision for our life was probably the most important thing that we did to start. Because when you're, when you're really clear on that, you're really clear on what will deviate you from getting there and what will help you get there faster. So oddly enough, this is the, the part of my story where the season of being promoted to a stay-at-home dad came in. Because we knew that my wife was in a job where what she was getting paid was in direct proportion to her effort. And so she was basically commissioned and she crushed it. And I did everything I could for a season of life to take everything off of her plate that, that I possibly could. Press pause on my career, stay home with Cal when he was three months, dude. Like it was a tough season for both of us. But we knew that if we did that for a little bit of time, if we could sacrifice in that in that way, we could exponentially move ourselves forward, and we did. Like in in the moment, like thirty eight months feels like a long time, but when I look back on it, boy, that went that went fast. So it's it's all perspective. Like we just got ourselves on a budget, we got ourselves kind of strict with that stuff. We created some goals, had milestones. Like people know how to do this stuff. And there's a lot of different ways to, to get this stuff done, but no plan works unless you work the plan. So it's just a matter of being consistent. So we all know how to pay off debt. It's just a matter of
0: doing it. And when you have a significant other spouse, you got to be on the same page, right? You guys got to do it together. Yeah. Yeah. No, good stuff, man. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction-related experience, in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. Check out our website at mpcbuilders.net, or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750, and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. You were a teacher for a little while, right? Yes. How did that come about?
1: So I'm in corporate America. I'm burned out and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my life. And I kind of did this process, you know, connecting the dots. Like, Like where in my professional career did I gravitate towards? Like what were the thing, like not the job, not the title, not the corporation, but what things did I gravitate towards? And in my time at Radisson, Radisson Hotels, I taught, yes I can, brand training to all the new general managers. I didn't get paid for it, I sought it out. It was in addition to my workload and I loved it. I did this at Target and I did this at my first job right out of college. And I'm like, huh, maybe like teaching is something. So I swung the pendulum all the way over, man. Like I became a a teacher, a high school business teacher. And I did it for two years, taught business. I was at a small school, so I, ta- I was the business ed department. I, th- I taught accounting one and two at the same time. I had econ, I had marketing, entrepreneurship, personal finance, and careers. Yeah, so um, it was great. I absolutely enjoyed it so much. But then, you know, we made the decision, my wife and I, that when Cal was born, I'd finish the school year. And then I would stay home with him. So my traditional teaching career ended, but in many ways, I am still a teacher in all the things I do right now. And I think that's an important lesson. Like you can extract what you like from jobs or careers or skill sets and apply it in your own unique and
0: authentic way. And it's a beautiful thing when you do that. You know, having this interview with you, man, like, you know, we've had some, minimal interactions, but I was wondering how you got to where you're at as far as, you know, why you chose your path. Now, you just answered it, you know, the, just your desire to want to teach and help and just create that, that atmosphere for people, which we're going to talk a little bit about on what you're doing now. But after that, you became a financial license solicitor. Was that after teaching? Yeah. So this is
1: where I'm like, all right, I like to teach. I like finances. Let me put these two together, right? I'm going to be a financial advisor. Got my series seven, my series 66. I started doing it. I really didn't like it, but there's a lesson there too. Like everything is a lesson. And for me, the lesson was, all right, I think I'm good at numbers. I've got some passion towards it or I thought was some passion towards it. And then when I started it, like I put steps in front of each other and I worked towards it. It was only then that I realized I didn't like it just because I could do something. Doesn't mean I should do that thing. So I just, it's just a lesson, man. And I'm very much someone who likes to test the water and you can change directions there, but you can't change directions on a bicycle. That's not moving. So let's get this bicycle moving and you can make course corrections. And in some instances you just get off the bicycle, which was my situation here with financial advising, I love the topic of personal finances. I share our story on paying off debt, all that stuff. But I've just learned that it's just not something that I, I really want to pursue. Got it. And then you, were get, you got into speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So you're still doing that too. Yeah. And in many ways, it's just kind of become a virtual thing now. And yeah, it's just one of those things where paid off all that debt, did an Ironman, and people start asking you questions like, Hey, how did you do that? Like, can you share some of that stuff? And then people ask you to to come in and, and do a workshop for them and, and their business. And there are a lot of small businesses I did that for. And it's just in Rotary, like all these different organizations, they just ask questions and and they want to learn from your story. And then when you share your story, it ignites a spark with other people that they can live a life. That's also exciting. And they get to define, you know, what that means. I read a book, donald miller a million miles in a thousand years have you ever heard i know he he's written story brand and i know you and i story brand yeah yeah so he's got another book not many people have read it. it's not near as common but he talks about living a life that is interesting and that's that's like the one sentence i would share with people about what that book is but the cool part is you get to define interesting what does that mean to you and so i've kind of taken that book to heart and defined it in in my own unique creative and
0: authentic way I'll have to add that to the book list. Yeah, man. It's great. Yeah. And good stuff. I love Donald Miller, for sure. I've I've listened to his podcast, too. You, you listen to his podcast? Yeah. It's a good <laughs> podcast. He's a smart guy. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Have you ever heard of aeroponic gardening? It's the future of gardening, and it is here now. Developed by NASA and Epcot. This gardening system goes upright, so it takes up less space as well as 98% less water. It is dirtless and produces three times more fruits and vegetables at a 30% faster rate. If you're looking to change up the way you eat or want to try a gardening system that takes minimal effort, contact my old friend Tara at 717-433-4207 or check out for more information at tsesek that's t-s-a-k s-e-k dot towergarden.com you have many titles you're a high level business and transition coach you're an off-site facilitator an experienced creator talk a little bit about some of the experiences that you have done and the success of it and just you building that brand that new brand.
1: Yeah. Love this question and love this topic because I'm not a traditional, we learn in a classroom type guy. I'm a guy who believes in, and I I was a classroom teacher, but I know that using my body of work with kids, I know that we learn best by experiencing. And so how do I recreate that for people who are maybe, you know, our age, either in the corporate world or they're in the entrepreneur world? How do I recreate learning for them in a fun way? Like, why does life have to be, you know, as boring? Because you and I, we've been to these personal growth seminars. We've been to the leadership things and they're all in a large conference hotel room and there's no windows and you're listening to a speaker for eight hours a day. And and I'm just like, I'm gouging my eyes out and I I don't learn this way. You know, I learn when I am out skiing in Park City. And I'm with some people that challenge me on where I'm stuck. And I learn best by, man, just getting my hands dirty and trying something. We've, we've pitted NASCARs. We've, we've, I've set up a simulation for guys to do that at Chip Ganassi's Racing Garage. And so I could speak to these entrepreneurs about how to lead teams, how to communicate. But if I throw them into an environment where they have to experience it and they get to live it and learn it, man, does that leave an impression much more so than me just telling them what they could be doing. So I just try to simulate that. My classroom is the great outdoors and it's getting our hands dirty. It's being a beginner. It's trying new things. It's crossing things off your bucket list, all surrounded by a group of amazing people. So here's where the idea started. Do you want to hear where this came from? Because this sounds Absolutely. wild. Okay, Absolutely. so <laughs> a couple of years back now, I had this idea. So I'm a stay-at-home dad right now at this point in my, in, in my career. And I had this idea. I'm like, well, I love to travel. I love to learn by just doing new things. And I think it's cool to do that with other people. So I started to take this idea and see if I could crystallize it. And so we went up to the North Shore of Minnesota. I booked 10 rooms at a resort on my own dime. And I just went out to my network and said, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to bring 10 people up. I'd like to curate 48 hours of authentic and really unique learning for you. And we're going to have a great time. And 10 people showed up and they were all guys. And I was like, "I that's so weird. I didn't market it to be a men only thing. But what happened over the course of the next 48 hours, as you know, we jumped in a helicopter that landed right at the resort and we hovered over waterfalls. We did solitude on this jagged edge cliff, hundreds of feet up of Lake Superior What happened was it was really obvious to me that men don't really have a very good space or container to just like exhale, to just to take a break from work, to celebrate themselves, to lift other guys up, to cheer each other on, to be supportive, to bring awareness to areas where maybe they're struggling and then have support wrapped around them. And so I just kept doing it. So I did it again. Oddly enough, here, here's a part of my story that I need to share because people need to hear this. The second experience I did, do you know how many people showed up to it? Zero. Zero people. And so I was like, well, that's a kick in, in the stomach. I can keep going or I can quit. So I did it again. This was dog sledding in the Boundary Waters of Canada and northern Minnesota. And I had two people show up.
0: That's the one that I was going to be joining you in. I, yeah. That well, one excited me. I could, but, but I, I, could, I could make it work. Yeah, I could. Have,
1: I had four, but two guys had to back out last minute. So okay. they ended up going later. But there are two. I could have just said, you know what? I'm just going to give you guys all your money back and I'm not going to do this anymore. But yeah, I showed up, delivered a remarkable experience for these guys. And then I did it again. And then I sold it out at 12. And then I did it again and I sold it out at 12. And now the next one sold out at 16. So you have to hear like the messy struggle beginning before you get like excited about where it's currently at, because everyone has that story. So I just, I just believed in it so much and I just wanted to keep doing it. And then there's been amazing transformations that have happened for these groups of guys as a result, but man, it's I been fun. Imagine. Just uh, I, great I can only
0: imagine. And, and I'm going to catch one of them here. I promise you. Now, are you, are you looking to expand it or keep it quaint? You know, just just a small group or great
1: question. I get asked this quite a bit and are my thoughts like you could go. And this is where it's really important to be clear on what you want. So I could go two directions with this thing right now. Well, in 2022, I've got three experiences. And what I do is I build it, then I sell it and I only sell them one at a time. So that allows me, I literally, right before you and I got on this uh, podcast, I was reserving reservations for next July because I'm building this so far out in advance. And in doing so, it gives me the ability to make and meet amazing people that can help craft something that's once in a lifetime, something you cannot just get on your own. So I build it, then I sell it where everyone's like, dude, why don't you scale the business Why don't you sell it? If there's demand, then build it and then do one every single month. And I'm like, I don't want to do it that way. I know what I want. I don't want to be gone from my family that much either. And I'm just creating something that is kind of uh, just special and unique and small. And I'm building it at the pace that I want to build it at. And I think that's what's really important because I know what I want. I know what I want out of this. And I'm trying not to deviate from that too much, but it's tempting. I'll tell you that, but we are expanding next year. We're
0: going to move it up. We might even sneak in a fourth one, but that's probably where I'll, I'll stop for now. Very cool. I love the promotional videos, man. They're well done and you need time, right? To get those things set up. And I know you were taking trips to North Carolina and Utah, wherever you were going, where you have to put that promotional stuff together first get it out there that's how you sell it. Now I love it, man. I love it. I didn't know if you had the idea from Rob or if it came from something else cuz Rob does something a little similar. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how it started. He and I connected
1: because we essentially believe in the same thing. It's very very similar. Who our avatars or our clients are are very different people. He his is like very luxury experience. Mine's quite a bit more on the rugged outdoor side. We're going to get our hands dirty and kind of get messy like that. And it's um, obviously mine's for men, his, 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 couples, but I, man, from so long ago, I've had these ideas. I just never really had the courage to do it. And I think entering into his ecosystem, it gave me the courage and almost the permission to say, yeah, man, I can, I can do this too. So I kind of borrowed some belief from him and we just very much view things
0: similarly. Got it. And so many men need that, man. And I know you know this. Yeah. That corporate world. Whew, what it can do. What it can do, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Before I forget, are you still using that whoop or what? Did you Are you on the whoop? Oh, man. Did you, I, did you start I, it and get off?
1: <laughs> I did. And I think what got me was, you know, that little green light under the band on the top of your wrist? Like, yeah. that's so bright. It would wake me up uh, at night. Okay. And then and if I'm not wearing it at night, what's the point of doing it? Right? Cause then it's where you capture your sleep data. And you, that's what yeah. I was really interested in. But unfortunately, like that light just because I kinda have my hands pretty close to
0: my okay. head. And so it okay. just it would always wake me up. I just couldn't figure it out. Hmm. I have my hands like back or- <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't had any issues with it. But the sleep data is what I love, man. I absolutely love it because it's really made me Listen, I got to get to bed about 30 and I, you know, I, my day starts early. I got to get that because when you get those hours in, that good sleep, it uh, changes my day, changes my day. It really does. 100%. Good stuff. Hey, tell me a little bit about, you just had a recent move. What's the whole up north thing about? What's that?
1: Yes. How
0: can you be more north than you were? We, <laughs> we
1: can even be further north if, if, we, if we need okay. to. So we asked ourselves one question in 2020 when everything was happening and my wife was she took a new job, which was remote, even despite all the conditions. And I can do my thing from wherever. So we said, well, if we can live and work wherever we want, why are we living and working in a place that we don't love? And we asked ourselves, what would that look like? So that the journey took us up to northern Minnesota and we, and we found a, a beautiful lake. And I love every season up here. It's really peaceful and quiet in the winter. And so that kind of follows the rhythm that I I like uh, that we have in life. But yeah, we just decided that if we can do this thing called life wherever we want, let's live and move and be somewhere that is inspiring to us. And man, I don't know what the relationship is. I probably can't speak. I'm not that smart. But our stress levels and the work that I've been able to do as a result has been just... More creative, more from the heart. It's been a beautiful thing.
0: Love it. No, awesome, great share, man. Appreciate that. And I mean, you kind of touched on it. You're heading. You're, you're looking to maybe add another experience. So you're going to do three, maybe four. D- do you see yourself doing anything, anything else with that? Or,
1: yeah, perhaps I think there is opportunities because as I have done these, and I'm really intentional with what's inside the container and how I structure and organize the, the day for this, these groups of guys, I've had people ask me, can you show me how I can do that? And so there's a possibility to utilize the expertise there in a consulting fashion for other people. So I could see myself doing that because I'm pretty firm on like what I want my life and work to look like and how much I'm working and how much I'm gone away from my family that I don't want to do more of these where I'm required to be there for someone, but I will consult with them and help them structure and organize the day and structure the events, how to time everything out and how to pair people up the right way. I'm happy to do that. So I think that's an area of opportunity that I can get
0: into more. Very cool. I could see that too. Definitely. So outside of work, which I know you're super passionate about because that's that's where you are taking your passion – and I know you love golf mm, outside mm-hmm. of that. What are, what are your hobbies? What, what are you passionate about?
1: Being outside in any fashion or capacity that I can. And I try and live by this, you know, how do I just, how do I move my body outside given the conditions and the environment that I'm in? So when we're up here in the winter, it looks like snowshoeing, cross country skiing, you know, snowmobiling, like how do I just get outside and, and enjoy no matter what it is, instead of complaining about how cold it is. And in the summertime, you know, it's kayaking and it's just being out on the water. Um, my wife loves to ski. And so I'm, we're just really passionate about encouraging her to get out there and, uh, you know, cheer her on, watch her get excited about that stuff. And spend time with our four-year-old. He's really into scootering right now and, and learning how to ride a bike. So we get over to the state park, which is close to us. And we just hang out. So I love being outside and I'm an introvert, so I like solitude. So those little pockets of the day in the morning and sunset has been pretty incredible up here. So any excuse that I can have to get outside or to try something new, man, I'm all for it. I think that's really special.
0: I've seen some of your social media posts. Uh, the, the view and scenery is awesome, man. <laughs> it is. It's, it's pretty inspiring. Yeah, we love it. Good for you. So if someone is looking to find... Their passion, you know, looking to find something that, that really drives them, you know, something that will allow them, their heart to lead them. What would your advice be? You know, to someone, even a kid, maybe the kid doesn't want to go to college. They want to follow their heart, but everyone's saying college is the, is the end all. What's your advice?
1: There's a lot that we could pick apart here. So first, passion is one part of the equation, right? There's an acronym PMT, a passion market talent. Do you have a passion for something that you want to get into? Is there a market for it? And are you talented in that regard or that skill set or whatever that looks like? So that's one thing. How do you discover your passion? I, I think there's a lot of things to pay attention to. Like, where, you know, how does your energy when you're doing different things, um, what are you doing where it seems that hours and minutes just melt away? Like it goes so fast and then pay attention to the opposite of that. Like what are things that it seems like hours and minutes take forever. I think if you're just led by curiosity and you allow that curiosity to take you down different paths, you can try things. Like I think speaking to a young person, maybe 18, maybe in high school, or if if someone's listening and they have a young person in their household, encourage them to just try different things and see where that leads you. I think a lot of times we get stuck in like, this is, I like doing this. I'm just going to do this at 30. What was I 38? I tried financial advising 38 and I I didn't like it. And that's okay. Like there, that isn't a failure. We shouldn't allow that to be like, well, I'm never going to try that again. I'm never going to try something new again. You should be willing to try different things. Try it on for size is a really great phrase to keep in mind. And then I, you know, ask people questions, like listen to this podcast, listen to other people's podcast. read books, like just get into a lot of different things. And then probably the most important piece of advice is be willing to spend time with yourself and just yourself and no distractions. Easier for me here up in the Northwoods, I'll just go take a walk and I can just be on my own. Like I will not even get self-service. So put yourself into that situation where you are you're just quiet and you listen to what's coming through you what's coming through your heart what's coming through your head and then pay attention to that and I think be patient and have grace like it takes time. I'm now 41 and I feel like I figured out what I want to do with my life when I'm when I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're young man be patient, man be patient, give yourself grace, be curious, learn, listen to others. Uh there It's not going to happen right away, which is why I think being a high school business teacher teaching careers, I was in the classroom with kids and I know they struggle with this because they have people asking them the college question. Not everyone is built for college and that is totally okay. The other day, Nicholas, we had a a guy come fix our AC. I think he spent 15 minutes and he billed me about 185 for it. So... (laughs) You have the ultimate economic situation of supply demand in any trades career. Boy, if someone is willing to just roll your sleeves up and work a little bit, number one, you will make a lot of money. And number two, start to study business and be in your own business, buy someone out, buy other businesses. And boy, you can just make an absolute smashing career out of that. So we've got a four year old and if college and things like college keeps looking the way it is, like I don't even want him to go to, I want him to be an entrepreneur and do it from a young age, but he should consider every option. My son trades included. My dad's a carpenter. He still is a carpenter. So I want him to just follow what he wants to do and learn. And
0: gosh, man, we, we got to stop shoving college down people's throats. No doubt about it. And I've said this many times that I think the easiest way to, Have a successful business is for a tradesman to really master their craft and then just convert that into a business. Because you have the one of the most important pieces. You just need to learn, you know, learn the business piece. But if you have that talent and, you know, you're good at your craft and that desire to take it to the next level, I think that's a very, very easy way to do that. Man, I appreciate you being here, brother.
1: Yeah, it's
0: been fun. It's
1: I've enjoyed it. I've watched you build this podcast and it's been pretty cool to to watch and see. So kudos to you and, and everything you're doing. And thanks for asking me to be on. I'm honored.
0: Absolutely. And sure, how many episodes you're up to now, podcast episodes, you are crushing it.
1: As of when we're dropping, the, when we record this, I think I'm 147 just came out. So yeah, I've been just been putting my head down and trying to add, add some value by content. And so that's been my focus.
0: You add value from A to Z, man. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Hope to see you soon, too. That'd be great. Talk to you soon. See you, bye. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.